You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for June 14th, 2020, the second Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Justin Crisp. It's based on Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15, and chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. A class of 2020, we are proud of you. You have accomplished something momentous. You've finished high school in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of the craziest, most unsettling and devastating event to afflict the human race in the lifetime of any living member of this parish. And you have done so with incredible grace. You've done so without the customary ways in which we ordinarily mark this kind of accomplishment. You've done so without formal in-person ceremonies or senior skip days or proms or parties with the full host of your family and friends. And you've done so with the patience, the love and the devotion to one another, which I know is characteristic of you as a class and his people. We really couldn't be prouder of you. When you think about it, you all have closed the book on a pretty wild part of your lives. High school is not for the faint of heart. Neither is middle school either, of course. Uh, And it's in middle school when I met most of you in confirmation class. But no kidding, high school is its own particular brand of intense. You learn an unbelievable amount of stuff. Okay, stuff about our world, certainly. Uh, I know many of you went from A squared plus B squared equals C squared to equations, the sophistication of which I cannot even hope to fathom and so gave, (laughs) gave up on doing so a long time ago. I know you learn a lot of stuff like that but you also learn an unbelievable amount about yourself. About the kind of person you are. About the kind of person you want to be. About the kinds of aspirations you have. Or the things that give you life. Even if you don't have answers to all of those questions, even if you just feel little tugs in their direction, little gestures towards the answers which you may one day find, even just that involves an incredible amount of inner work. When I was in high school, I started my freshman year a gamer and graduated a chorus nerd and a poetry lover. Now, I know that that's not quite so extreme a transition as had I graduated like the prom king and the high school quarterback, but it was still a pretty wild ride. Most of those transitions also didn't take me four years. They took me about four months or four weeks or four days or sometimes even four hours. I'll never forget that I totally changed my mind about what I wanted to do with my life in one one one-hour conversation with one teacher. It was unbelievable. I'll, I'll never forget it. I decided against what I had decided was my goal for basically the last 17 years of my life. 
It wasn't anything particularly admirable. It was basically just, I want to get rich. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I decided, I determined that I wanted to do something else than that in that one conversation on that one afternoon. And it set me on a course that led me to being right here today. It led me to the priesthood, even though at the time I didn't know what a priest was. I know that all of you have some version of a story like that, because that's what high school is. It's an intense little bubble of self-discovery. And it can be easy to think that everything worthwhile in life has to be done with that same sort of decide who I am in one week sort of intensity. Or at least it has to be done with that sort of intensity to make a real difference in the world or to someone you love. And many of the organizations you may go on to work for or the schools you may attend or the causes to which you may devote your life will actually come right out and say so. The, the school I attended as an undergraduate, the University of Tennessee at Knoxville, had a school motto while I was there. It was big orange, big ideas. And the campus was full of signs that said big this and big that. Everything needed not just to be the size of Tennessee, it needed to be the size of Texas. And yes, before anybody said so, I know Texas's color is also orange, but I don't want to talk about it. UT, and I mean my UT, okay, my UT's idea, I think was that we were a great school because we had great minds, capable of thinking great ideas and doing great things. And what it meant to be great was to be big. Big, momentous, groundbreaking, field-defining, world-changing, all in one fell swoop. And we often find ourselves talking to people like you, <laughs> talking to graduates from one thing or other in exactly that way. I fear that your class in particular, the class of 2020, is really going to get it in this regard. Because you're graduating into a world which is on fire. A world rocked by an unbelievable pandemic, freshly aware of racial injustice and of the inequities of opportunity that riddle our society, facing down an unprecedented ecological crisis and doing so at all-time low levels of public trust and all-time high levels of political polarization. And I'll tell you, it is going to be the temptation of every single commencement speaker this year to say, class of 2020, we believe in you. We trust in you. It's up to you to save the world. And I want to be real with you this morning. It's not. Don't get me wrong. You all are an incredible bunch of people. If the graduating seniors of St. Mark's in New Canaan, Connecticut are any indication, you lot probably could save the world. 
but I still wouldn't want to put that on you. You are each of you amazing in your own way, full of passion and persevering with hearts that I know are devoted to good. But I would hate for you to think even for a moment that the only thing your life is worth is fixing the mess humanity has gotten itself into thus far. Or that you need to become someone great, someone big, someone who does big things to be worthwhile rather than simply being yourself, rather than simply being the you God created you to be. See, it is God's job to save the world. And the good news, the good news which Jesus sends his disciples out to proclaim in our gospel lesson this morning is that in him, in Jesus Christ, God has already done so. In Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, God's own life and love are unleashed through all of creation, destined in the fullness of time to seep into its every corner, cranny, and crevice. And the good news is also that God has made you, just as you are, with your dreams and your passions and even your frailties in order to play a role in the drama of Christ's great victory over death and evil. And the good news is also that to do so, all you have to do is be who God created you to be. That is, to be yourself and to be you to the full. Think for a moment on all that you've been through these past 17, 18, 19, what have you years or so. You came into this world a tiny little bundle of love and confusion, totally dependent on your parents for everything, incapable of distinguishing between being sad or being lonely or being hungry. And I know that some of you may still have that problem from time to time. I know that I do. But just think of where you started and who you have now become. I know that many of you have faced incredible hardship in your lives, challenges that only you or a select few in your life know about, and that you have made your way or are making your way through them with incredible grace and dignity. You have had moments of amazing confidence and utter embarrassment. Wild happiness that seemed as though it would last forever and disappointment that seemed as though it would last forever too. 
And the sum total of all of that, the sum total of all the highs and the lows of your life has made you, you, has etched you out of the little helpless bundle of lovableness you were when you first came into our world. Growing up is hard. It is, I think, the hardest thing we ever learn to do. And I wish I could say you were graduating from growing up, but you're not. Even Sarah, at the ripe old age of 90, was still growing up, told by her Lord that she would give birth to a son after a lifetime of infertility, a lifetime of waiting, all she could do was laugh in disbelief. Laugh off the pain of years and years of disappointment and thwarted hopes. Years and years, perhaps, of thinking God had better things to do than her. And God, as it were, laughs in return, saying that he never truly forgot her. That now he means her dream really to come true. And that is what our Lord means for you too. Perhaps not all at once, perhaps not in the way you expect, but in the fullness of time, I really believe our Lord will give that, the desire for which he is implanted deep within your heart. That longing, which I think you have only just begun to get to know in high school. God doesn't care for you in the abstract. God loves you in particular. Not just as one more speck in the mass of humanity, but by name, by name like God knew Abraham and Sarah. And there is nothing, nothing at all too wonderful for him. Not even that which you might think is too insignificant, too little, too personal, or too silly for him to care about. Because see, God loves little things. I want to say a word to you in closing about the summer that's ahead of you. The days that I hope you have between your graduation and whatever comes next, whether it's a job or a gap year or college or what have you, because this summer, I think, is precious. It has just the right combination of promise and littleness. There's so much ahead of you, so much that I know you're excited to get onto. And this summer, it gives you just enough relaxation from the day in, day out demands of homework and classes and practices and nowadays Zoom meetings <laughs> to breathe a little bit into that excitement, to give it some air, just enough time to reconnect with those and with what you love most, to let your mind and your soul wander a little bit, to relish in whatever it is your heart deigns to desire on a Tuesday morning. And then this summer gives you just enough time to take a little bite out of it. Just enough time 
to ask that person, that one person on that one date. Just enough time to ask that one friend to go to that one place you've always wanted to go. Just enough time to have that one conversation or to learn that one dance or that one hobby or that one instrument or that one song or to make that one apology to that one person you hurt or to ask one person who has hurt you to make an apology to you. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you can imagine, this summer in between is the time for it. A time when things seem possible not only because there's enough time and enough space, but because there is not too much of either. Just enough for something small, but something lovely. And I want to encourage you, hold on to these days. Savor them. Learn from them. And commit the lesson they have to teach you to heart. God created the world with a penchant for little things. A delight in the seemingly insignificant. A hankering for the ordinary. You don't have to do something great in order to change the world. You only have to do it with great love. And I love you too. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org